0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amax.
1: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now you can save $50 on Select Battery Tool Sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh?
0: Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah!
2: And some waves so we could go surfing.
0: Oh, I yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm
1: in.
2: Ah, ski slopes. Let's
0: do it. Um, tenor a girl go shopping? <laughs> yeah, baby. Wait.
1: Did we just invent
2: California?
0: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at VisitCalifornia.com.
2: Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome inside another episode of Special Teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon as we look back at some special teams specific years in the world of sports in the middle of our run right now as we look back at big games in NFL history and the special teams that played in them. It's nearly been a decade so it's time to look back at Tim Tebow's lone playoff win the shining achievement of his National Football League career, January 8th, 2012, Broncos beating the Steelers 29-23 in overtime on a very shocking play. Look, last week we talked about Steve Smith and his shocking touchdown at the end of double overtime. Well, this play we're going to tell you about coming up made that play look like a one-yard touchdown plunge (laughs) at the end of week eight at the end of the first half of a game because it was just that surprising. Steelers and the Broncos when Tim Tebow was on everybody's lips. I don't know that we talked about anything else in the entire world of sports in 2011.
3: No, the curiosity of Tebow coming off the highly decorated collegiate career and into the National Football League. And, you know, anybody that talked to him or about him would gush, right? All the broadcasters that had met him during his time at Florida would tell you what a great person he was in addition to just one of our best Collegiate quarterbacks ever. And so you have this moment where everything converges. And we'll talk about some of the numbers and even to this day, just leave me astounded that this worked in any way, shape, or form uh to become what it did. Uh, but just an amazing year. And what's funny is it's just such an outlier because of where the organization went. Uh, after this season concluded
2: the Broncos path to this game is as improbable as Tim Tebow's run. They wind up going eight and eight and they win the AFC West on tiebreakers with the chargers and the Raiders. This was Von Miller's rookie season. And coming in, Kyle Orton versus Tim Tebow, who would be the quarterback, dominated the first five weeks of the season. Kyle Orton, buddy. Kyle Orton back when he was
3: relevant. Kyle Orton, buddy. You know, I, I, look, I love the neck beard. He's been relevant uh, during the pandemic time because a lot of guys are just doing interviews. Uh, Brian Erlacher, now with hair, uh, when asked who his favorite quarterback was that he played with. He mentioned the neck beard mm-hmm. also just kind of funny is that, you know, Jay Cutler, uh, well started his career in Denver, became a bear. Uh, and then Kyle Orton, uh, becomes a bear. Uh, and then you've got, you know, John Fox would eventually, um, become a bear. So, uh, you know, you just got all this madness. It was a pipeline.
2: <laughs> So John Fox, who's the head coach of the Denver Broncos Has inherited Tim Tebow From Josh McDaniels Who drafted Tebow in the first round It was a big deal when the Broncos traded him Oh my goodness, look at Tebow Coming off the uh, star-studded college career That he had that included Heisman Trophies National championships Uh, What was the Broncos, what were they going to do? Well, John Fox Who was hired to bring stability to this team Had a quarterback decision to make The fans wanted to see Tim Tebow Right? He, look what he did in Florida I get that no one thinks he can be a great quarterback and was he overdrafted sure he was but the fans wanted to see him now Kyle Orton wasn't awful but Denver started one in four so they had to make the change to Tebow what hurt Kyle Orton was the first six weeks of the season Demarius Thomas didn't play because he had a broken finger so if Demarius Thomas plays maybe things are a little bit different for the Broncos because he was that good but instead they go to Tebow okay let's see what Tim tebow can do so tebow starts first game against the miami dolphins down 15 nothing in the fourth quarter tebow throws for two touchdowns two-point conversion run to tie the game they win in overtime 18-15 the birth of tim tebow hey look what he's able to do all right then he throws a 56-yard touchdown pass late in the fourth quarter to be kansas city 17-10 He has a big fourth quarter comeback against the Jets, a game in which the Broncos should have lost. The Jets should have won this game 10 ways, except Mark Sanchez throws a pick six, but the Jets still have the lead late. Tebow takes over at his own five yard line, but leads the Broncos down. The Jets can't stop him. He runs for a 20 yard touchdown to win the game. This is a play. I still see where nobody wanted to come out of the end zone and try to tackle Tebow <laughs> who's getting close to the goal line because he just had a head of steam. He was a freight train. So here's another big comeback win. this is on a Thursday night. So it's on national television. And at this point, everything is Tim Tebow, 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 Tebow. Tebow. Yeah. And if the win against Jets wasn't so bad. The 10-point fourth quarter comeback against your Bears is even worse,
3: but of course, I know you blame Marion Barber for all of this. Oh, I blame Marion Barber for everything. No question about it, right? Yeah. Yeah, they finally score, right? Tebow's got them in the end. Fine, but they've got two minutes left. This is easy. Barber, with a run, barber with a run, barber with a run. They take the pen the delay of game, but the key was he had a five yard run that he's getting towards the sideline and instead of turning it back in or sliding or just engaging someone and forcing him to tackle him in bounds. He he goes out of bounds of his own volition. So you stop the clock. You stop the clock. And eventually you end up punting to give the ball back to Tebow and, and company, yeah, you still got to go make a stop, but the game's over. Yeah, they already used they. their third timeout. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's done. <laughs> Tebow magic is dead. Tebow magic is dead. Uh. This would have ended the winning streak, ended the legend of Tebow. But Marion the Barbarian, the guy who I watched in the Big Ten and with the Cowboys <laughs> with the Bears run through walls, decides <laughs> to go out of bounds. Jason Smith. I watched it in preparation. There was a shot of Tebow praying, just give me the strength to honor you. Give me that opportunity. (laughs)
2: So Barber doesn't run out of bounds, and that turns into the game-tying score. They win in overtime. And at this point in the NFL, he is the only NFL story. He's the only oh, pop yeah. culture is Tim Tebow driven. There are songs written about him. Remember, uh, John Parr did Tim Tebow's Fire. I mean, it's all you can talk about. <laughs> There's no other stories in the NFL. Tebow was on everybody's lips. Saturday Night Live. This skits. good. How is the guy this good? Is he really this good? Many people didn't think he was very good at all, and just kept getting lucky every week. And certainly, with teams like the Jets and the Bears helping, it helped the legend of Tim Tebow. But he was polarizing. He had huge fans, but it didn't matter. He was the entire news cycle of the National Football League, and here are the Broncos at 8-5, and and things are looking great. Eventually, they waived Kyle Orton because they didn't need him anymore. He was like, yeah, we don't need it. We don't need this guy. Uh, okay, he's your backup. No, no, no. We don't need him anymore. We're getting- all we need is Tebow. We got Tebow. That's all. He can play all different positions for us. Uh, one big thing that that happened to the Broncos at this point during the season was Sean Marino, who was going to get the lion's share of the carries at running back, tore his ACL and missed the back half of the season. So this is a huge weapon that the Broncos had to navigate the rest of the year without, but it didn't matter. They had Tebow. Tebow, 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 Tebow. Broncos are 8-5. Everything is is awesome. Well, what happens? They lose three straight to close the season, including seven, three to the chiefs in the final game of the year. And guess who was the quarterback of the chiefs in that game? Kyle Orton. Yeah, he was who, who the chiefs had picked up because they were having trouble. So here's Kyle Orton wins the big revenge game against Tim Tebow. And, at this point, going into the playoffs, it was, ah, uh, Tebow Magic is gone. It he went great. 6 of 22 in that yeah, game. It was great for a few weeks, but now everybody's figured him out. He's a limited quarterback anyway coming in. And that's what people forget is coming out of Florida, he was a great college football quarterback, but how many times are you going to run the football into the middle of the line and and gain a lot of yards and then come out and throw the football? Tebow had a lot of issues. He had a long windup. He wasn't very accurate. That's why everybody was on. Unw- one side of the fence or the other as far as how good he could become. Now the thing for Tebow is that he's still young and this is his first real starting experience so maybe he can grow but it didn't matter because he was so polarizing there were many people that wanted to say this is it on tim tebow many nfl players didn't like him and that was the insane part of it is that you never heard and you never hear nfl players bagging on other quarterbacks you never hear it but you heard it you heard it from other players You heard it from joe flacco you heard it from steve smith you heard it from terrell suggs many players oh, tebow's overrated 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 this is what you got because tebow was just polarizing that way and now at this point it's okay, it was great, but hey, they're going to squeak into the playoffs and they're going to play one game and that's going to be it. And then the Broncos will be looking for a new quarterback.
3: Yeah, you just remember how inefficient it all was, Jason. I mean, he had one game where he completed better than 52.5% of his passes, six games where he completed 10 or fewer passes, only two games where he threw for more than 200 yards. Should I keep going? I mean, it's just like all of it. Just uh they scored more than 20 points three times between week seven and 17. But when so you can the win the clutch... Did- and make big
2: plays, which is what he did. He made big plays, and he came through in the clutch. He would have a crappy-ass game, but then suddenly the fourth quarter, he would have 50 yards rushing and 120 yards passing. It was, did he just wear us down? And and did all of a sudden... Complete rope-a-dope. Why can he throw the football? Like, he couldn't do the first three quarters of the game. But that was the magic of Tebow. There was no reason for it. And why is he suddenly playing well in the fourth quarter? Rising to the occasion and, and being that guy when the chips were down, that's what Tim Tebow was made of. And it was stunning to watch. But in the end, you know, look, we thought it was over. They lost three in a row. Suddenly it was, they couldn't put points on the board. And here comes Pittsburgh into town. And oh, by the way, this is a Pittsburgh Steelers team that gets to this game with one of the best defensive years this franchise has had. They allowed the fewest points, fewest passing yards, and total yards overall in the NFL in 2011. All right, typical strong defense like they've always had, but this one was extremely strong. All right. so this they're going to come in and they're going to just lay waste to the Broncos. Tebow's—they're not going to move the football at all. Offense is where things got a little wacky. This is back when Mike Wallace was the star wide receiver. Yeah, well, you know, before he was just a deep threat. You know, Mike Wallace was the guy, and when his genius was taking advantage of broken plays, he would only catch like maybe four passes a game, but he would still end up with a hundred yards because it was a broken play where Roethlisberger would buy time and Mike Wallace would cut all the way across the field, and suddenly a broken play is a. 45-yard gain to Mike Wallace. I mean, it was his team. Emmanuel Sanders was up and coming. Heinz Ward was near the end of his career, but he was still contributing. And oh, by the way... This was a second year for Antonio Brown with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So their offense was in a bit of a transition phase, but here's Antonio Brown back when he was a guy that won the competition to be the third wide receiver out of camp after Antoine Randall L left the team. He was returning kicks and punts, and he did it for a long time. Think about that, how crazy that was. Here's the best wide receiver in the NFL. We're putting him out there to get hurt, returning kicks and punts. But this was just his second year in the league where he was the third wide receiver other guys were starting it was other players out there the Steelers trying to figure out what their offense looked like and he had a really good year he caught 69 passes 1,100 yards just a couple of touchdowns and once you see that this is a big jumping off point for him he wound up making the Pro Bowl this year along with uh, Wallace and Roethlisberger okay hey Steelers offense is now loaded up again. We're ready to go. You know, it was it was off the Antoine Randall L, Heinz Ward situation, Super Bowl 40, Jerome Bettis. Now this turned into Air Pittsburgh. And and for the better part yeah. of a decade, this Steelers team was absolutely loaded at wide receiver. And this was kind of the beginning of that time.
3: Cycling guys in and out. I just remember going to training camp on a visit and meeting up with Tun Chilkin and and, and Craig Wolfley, two guys who played for the team, broadcast for the team. And they'd always uh, have me out. We'd talk some football and go down on the practice field. And we're standing there watching the wide receivers warm up. And this is would have been 2010. So watching Brown as a rookie. And they're like, come here. It's like, well, I got to talk to Wallace in a minute. It's like, Michael, wait for you. Come here. Come walk. <laughs> he goes, what? He goes, watch this guy's footwork. And and he was going through some basic drills. And it's Antonio Brown just working Hard, like this is, practice is done like we'd already done all our rounds and watched the fights and and all of that fun stuff that you'd get in Latrobe uh and guys were getting to their individual work after the long workout in the in the blazing sun as like th- this kid's going to be a star mm-hmm. He's, he, he and and he knows it <laughs> That's <laughs> like okay, that's good. <laughs> it's like, just wait, and, and that's all they said about it. It's like this is the guy you want to tell people who the the breakout guy is going to be. Mike's going to have a big year, but watch. Watch Antonio. So I go back. I interview Mike Wallace and, you know, say hi to Antonio and the other guys and gone. But I just remember them just so very blatantly just going, he knows he's good, but look at the work and watch the footwork out of every break. And I mean, they were right. He, He goes on to become just an absolute monster on the field.
2: This is the journey of both teams to this game before Antonio Brown would become the best wide receiver in the National Football League and then one of the biggest head cases and pains in the National Football League. He was this second-year player who was rapidly ascending. Everything, even though the game was going to be in Denver because of the when you win a division, you play the wild-card team, it still looked like it was going to be a Pittsburgh runaway, and it was anything but. We'll get into that coming up next. Special teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon. Tim Tebow's playoff win. It is that time, time for the playoff game between the Pittsburgh Steelers who had the best defense in the National Football League and an offense that was starting to find itself versus the Denver Broncos who were just hoping to find something after a really bad three-week losing streak. Now, all week long, the Broncos players talked about how they felt lost, they were desperate, Tebow was still the same guy. He would sprint to drills all week long. Criticism of him was at all time high. It doesn't matter. His throwing motion was too long. He wasn't accurate enough. Criticized by NFL players didn't matter. Tebow led by example that week in practice and a big conversation he had with John Elway who told him, listen, just pull the trigger, just throw. All right. Just you do you, but Pull the trigger and throw, don't think too much, react and let's see what happens. And that's clearly the attitude the Broncos went into this game with because they had nothing to lose. You know, look, they're eight and eight. They had a great roller coaster season, but no one expected them to win this game.
3: No, I it was a season they were already playing with house money. Quite a while. The fact that they win the tiebreaker in a three-way tie for the AFC West to get into the playoffs, I mean, that's another one of the divine inspiration moments, right? Uh, a streaky team playing terribly and he was awful down the stretch yet you find yourself in this moment so what do you you figure the Steelers Dick Lebeau they're going to be aggressive that's the way they operate and especially against a guy like Tebow a don't let that body get in motion like your Jets did or nobody wanted to come mm-hmm. up and challenge him sorry the Bears did the same thing so <laughs> I, 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 I can't push away from that uh, but you know so take that away but also you know you're you're figuring your corners and and your safeties are going to be able to work cuz you have that big windup and the ball that oftentimes just kind of floated out there right he had a strong arm just a matter of accuracy and and putting a little bit too much air at times giving guys a chance to make a break and make a play and so it it seemed like the logical Logical game plan So you you go and you you punch him in the mouth Hoping that you're going to hit on a couple of big ones And again
2: This is another game where the Opponent of Tim Tebow helped him To have a great day Because the Steelers loaded up on the run They 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 decided you are not going to Run the football on us and beat us We're going to make Tebow throw the football And we're still going to run up and load up And put eight guys in the box all day
3: Well take out McGahee And then mm-hmm. also don't let Tebow do a bunch of You know quarterback draws
2: Right right. Now, let, let's not let him gain momentum Here he goes off tackle for eight yards Nine yards don't let him feel it We're going to put everybody in the box And Tebow's not accurate enough to stop anybody we're, Willis McGehee who now they're relying on To be the running back With no Sean Marino out This was where the Steelers said This is how we're going to win this game Tebow completes just 10 out of 21 Passes on the day, but He still winds up throwing for 316 yards and two touchdowns, averaging 30 yards per completion.
3: Yeah. That was
2: the kind of day Tebow had the big plays he made were in the passing game. All right. When, when you try to stop the run and you load up, you just have to hit on one play. And what's the odds you're going to hit on one play repeatedly? Well, The odds were in Tim Tebow's favor that day because he kept hitting those big pass plays. He also ran enough, ran for enough yards to keep Pittsburgh's defense honest. He ran for 50 yards in the touchdown in this game. And this is a game in which Tebow and the Broncos lost Eric Decker early to an injury because, hey, you know, the weapons they had in Denver at wide receiver— They weren't slouchy. Decker was one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. And Demarius Thomas, he's in the middle of a run where he might be the best wide receiver in the NFL at this point. I mean, people forget that, you know, he had a run where he was as good as it got for anybody in the National Football League. And so you have Thomas and you have Eric Decker. Hey, you should be able to make plays in the passing game. But losing Eric Decker, all right, maybe this is going to be it for the Broncos. How difficult is it going to be for them to throw the football? Well, still... They were able to throw the football well. Demarius Thomas only caught four passes, but the four passes he had in this game, 204 yards and a touchdown. Four for 100 is a pretty good game.
3: This is four for 200
2: (laughs) for Demarius Thomas.
3: It's not a bad look, right? I mean, you got chunk plays throughout the game, uh, and obviously we'll, we'll build up to the crescendo here, but you know, Eddie Royal stepping up and making a big play. Again, another guy that ended up as a bear. Yeah, they all do. They all do that big they pipeline, Mike Harmon. How did Tib Tebow never wear a Bears jersey? Oh, wait, you how never know. Then, you never know. He could still wind up still there. You never know. The, he could still leave the Mets and, and come back. Oh, no, sure. I mean, that is the curiosity, though. Daniel Fells also had a 40-yard catch. So that selling out left a lot of a space over the middle. If Tebow had been even that much more accurate, this might not have been a game at all. <laughs> uh, this
2: is how it would go. Tebow would be bottled up and then he'd hit for a big play, right? He had a 51 and 58 yard completions to Demarius Thomas to set up two touchdowns in the second quarter. So that's how it went for Tebow in the first half bottle up, bottle up, bottle up, big play bottle up, bottle up, bottle up, big play. But then Tebow and Denver's offense was completely shut down in the second half. For the Steelers, Isaac Redman was gashing Denver on the ground. Roethlisberger doesn't have a great game, but he's good enough, and he was clutch. Pittsburgh scores 10 points in the final 10 minutes to tie this game 23-23. It looks like they could potentially win the game, but the Broncos' defense comes up big. They force overtime on the final drive. They sack Roethlisberger three times, and Roethlisberger, after the game, you talked about and lamented that final drive because he got sacked three times. He fumbled once. He said, somebody got a finger on the football. So this first half goes all Denver's way. The second half goes all Pittsburgh's way. They have a chance to win this game in the final minutes, but Denver's defense, which this is the beginning of their great run defensively as well. Denver's defense comes up big and they force overtime. So Pittsburgh, they own the second half. And I remember watching this game going to overtime, going, this is one of those games where it's just a matter of time before Pittsburgh wins. You know, what What are the Broncos really going to do here? They haven't done anything in two quarters. They haven't moved the football at all. Everything was great in the first half, and Tebow was able to gash them. But, boy, the Steelers have really been just on top of things. And even if the Broncos get the football, are they really going to move it? It's just going to be inevitable that the Steelers are going to get a field goal, get a touchdown, and they're going to win this game.
3: Well, and that was one of the the beautiful things. I mean, even though you have this... Robust final score is that you have two of the best defenses getting after it, uh, and they supported well the and gave Tebow all those opportunities for to make those miraculous plays. And here was another opportunity right here. Ben Roethlisberger, who finished just shy of 300 yards on the day. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders leading them with 81 receiving yards. Heath Miller, remember how clutch he was over the middle for them all those years. Uh, and Isaac Redmond, who's the answer to a trivia question and all of this, uh, but five sacks absorbed by Roethlisberger on the day, the statues standing in the pocket, trying to get a guy loose down the sideline, right? As we've watched him do how many times, you know, you and I mm-hmm. watching games in the studio, it's like, just get rid of the ball. Live to see another day here. He, he's one of those guys that will try to fight off, stand with guys shaking off his legs, but uh, eventually you know, even the biggest tree topples. So three times in that big possession and you you kick yourself wondering what if you just get rid of the ball once and don't give up the couple of yards off the sack.
2: So we go to overtime, tied 23-23, and the Denver Broncos get the football first. This was the first playoff game with the new overtime rules that were put into effect because, oh, Brett Favre didn't get a chance to get the football (laughs) in overtime against the Saints, and it was so sad. So the new overtime rule was if you kicked a field goal on your first possession, the other team got the ball back. And they got a chance to drive unless someone scored a touchdown first, right? So that was the rule when it first came out was if you score a touch, first team to score a touchdown wins, if you score a touchdown, you win. But if you kick a field goal on the first drive, the other team gets the football and a chance to potentially tie or win the game. These were the new rules and they were still kind of... Everybody was getting used to them because, look, they, they had been in place already, but we hadn't had an overtime playoff game with the new rules in it yet. So here was the first time we saw the new game or we saw the new rules in this game. And we had to think about them on the very first play of overtime. You can still see Tim Tebow's big wind up on the throw. The. Broncos have the football first and 10 and Pittsburgh again decides we are going to play the run. And right before the snap, Pittsburgh brings their defensive backs up and it's one-on-one coverage of Ike Taylor, who was a pretty good cover cornerback on Demarius Thomas. It's not a running play. You know, the Steelers were expecting a running play, but Tebow drops back in the pocket and he delivers a laser Over the middle to Demarius Thomas. Now, this play was a surprising play. Should have been a 20-yard play. And, oh, look at this. Hey, big play. They're up, you know, close to midfield. But instead... Demarius Thomas gives the stiff arm of a lifetime to Ike Taylor, who is then just, I think he gets enveloped by the ground. I think Ike Taylor actually falls underground off of the stiff (laughs) arm by Demarius Thomas. He could have been stopped for 25 yard gain. It doesn't happen. And Thomas outraces everybody to the end zone. 11 seconds, the quickest overtime in NFL history. Mile high goes crazy And Thomas tries to come back out of the tunnel to celebrate, but he can't because his teammates are already running through the tunnel at him. Tebow is is praying on the field. Fans are are grabbing their heads. They can't believe what they just saw. And the Broncos win this game 29-23, first play of overtime. It was as shocking as it could be, but I guarantee you this, Mike Harmon, the average football fan is saying, the game's over, right? The game's over, right? Because the new rule, yeah. it's a touchdown. It's the, the Wait, the Steelers don't get the ball back now. So while everybody's going crazy in Denver, the pre- people are watching on TV and we're all going, so it's over, right? I guarantee you fans in Denver were going, we scored a touchdown. Wait, we're still playing? Is the game over? Oh, no, the game's over. Hooray! Well, it's funny because they, it
3: they put up the big graphic, right? The full screen with all the rules and, and the different ways and that this spider's out to get you to a conclusion of the game. I was waiting for them to fire that one back up. By the way, let me circle this on the telestrator. Game's over. <laughs> game's over. But to your point, I mean, Demarius Thomas, what is he? About 6'3 half, two thirty, two thirty-five. 230, 235. Man, Taylor comes over, usually a pretty sure tackler. He can't even get a hand on him. Thomas cradles the ball in his right arm. Left arm goes straight up with a jab like he's boxing Mike Tyson. And that's it. Gets himself enough separation. There's no catching him.
2: And and like I said for Demarius Thomas, this is the beginning of his breakout in the National Football League because the next three years, his... Oh, the next four years, 1,400 yards, 1,400 yards, 1,600 yards, 1,300 yards. His touchdowns are 10, 14, 11. Arguably, this is the best wide receiver in the National Football League, and this was really his. You thought it was Tim Tebow's coming out part. Look at, look at Tim Tebow is back, and he's great. No, this was, hey, wait, Demarius Thomas is pretty damn good, No, oh, my goodness, he might be the best guy in the game.
3: Yeah, I mean, you had, what, five straight years with at least 90 receptions? just crazy production, You're talking about all those double-digit touchdown years and just being able to dominate in one-on-one situations. Even after he left Denver, we said, all right, maybe he's in New England, Houston, uh, Jets. Mm. Uh, you, you kept waiting, <laughs> but but you kept waiting for him to show flashes of that guy that he was prior to, say, 2017 into 2018, where things kind of changed up for him. I mean, he was a guy that was just an absolute monster for, for five years there. And, I mean, that's about as much of a run as we can expect from most, most receivers of that level of dominance.
2: And he's one of those guys that once he had 30 years old, that's where the yeah. downslide came, right? He was great, and then he was 30, and then after he was 30, he was on three different teams, and and, and that was it for him. And now he's knocking around, and he, he had to go to the Jets to continue his career. I mean, seriously, when you have to Sorry, go to the buddy. Jets, that's about it.
3: Well, just think about the uh, just the ending of this game, though. This is the, I went to make myself a sandwich. I'm listening <laughs> to them go through the new uh, playoff overtime rules, and then it's done it's done. You couldn't have warmed it up. You couldn't even have layered the cheese on that. You love so much. This play, this
2: 80 yard touchdown was so It was like a flash flood that you didn't see it coming. And again, I said, you can see Tebow's big, long wind up on the play, but it doesn't matter. Cause he had time and it was money. And, Another part of this play that doesn't get enough attention is that Thomas outraces safety Ryan Mundy to the end zone for a touchdown. All right. So Demarius Thomas makes the catch. He stiff arms, a great stiff arm for Ike Taylor. But this is where he should get caught at some point because he's coming down the sideline and Steelers players are coming over. Mundy can't catch him and he gets in the end zone for a touchdown. Mundy is only playing. He's the backup because Ryan Clark, who is one of the best safeties in the NFL, the regular starter, couldn't play in this game. Because remember, Ryan Clark has that rare blood condition. Uh, that, sickle cell, yeah. Yeah, that mile-high conditions elevate. So it wasn't safe for him to play in this game. And you've seen this now over the course of the past years. People with that sickle cell and I can't play in Denver. I got to sit this game out. So Ryan Clark couldn't play in this game. And, you know, he had a great quote after saying, no, you know, it wasn't that, you know, we, we played this game. You don't say that that we would have won if I had played. Uh, but you don't know, you wonder what that play would have looked like if Ryan Clark was playing. You wonder what a lot of these passing plays that Tebow was able to pull off in the game would have looked like if Ryan Clark was playing, because he was that good. And maybe he catches Demarius Thomas at the forty yard line and things turn out differently, or maybe, you know, he, he doesn't allow a big completion, helps, you know, has help over the top on one of the other big completions that set up a score that they had earlier in the day. But, But Ryan Clark missing this game, I mean, that was a huge deal. And still, the Steelers played that big press coverage the whole game. We're putting up guys up in the box and trying to make sure that Denver has to try to throw the football to beat us. And guess what? Denver threw the football and
3: they beat him. No, and and that's it. You take advantage. Uh, You know, it's an unfortunate circumstance with Ryan Clark that he couldn't be there. I mean, in this particular play, I mean, Monday takes a bad angle trying to get over uh, and make up after Taylor uh, takes his swing and misses uh, with stiff arms. So, you know, could he have forced him out of bounds, gotten himself, you know, maybe they're at field goal range. And look, field goal range was midfield uh, in Denver at that time. Mm -hmm. But the idea being that, you know, you at least play, get another play to try to make a play. And here, you know, for the Steelers, they, they kept selling out. And give Tebow credit only completed 10 passes. That's all he needed.
2: Fans voted it the best home field moment in Broncos sports history. And this is a team that's had a lot of big home <laughs> field moments. Yeah. John Elway making last minute drives. Now the number one moment in Broncos history, excitement of Tebow mania was at its peak. Now suddenly Tebow was back and whoa, We get to play the Patriots. Can Bill Belichick stop Tim Tebow? Tebow could be on the run. No, this was the end of Tim Tebow. (laughs) It was the pinnacle of his NFL career. We get into it. We'll tell you how things broke down for him and the Broncos and Steelers coming up next on special teams.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
2: What happened to both the Steelers and the Broncos following Tim Tebow's playoff win? Well, as we finish things up here on special teams today, uh, not quite the direction that you would think for either of these teams. Pittsburgh goes home in 2012. They go eight and eight. Heinz Ward is cut and retires. He's maybe the most underrated wide receiver of the last 20 years, because he did it all. Yes, he was dirty, but he caught 80 <laughs> passes a season. He blocked downfield, did all of this, despite the fact he didn't get along well with Ben Roethlisberger. But, what the Steelers did in the offseason was, uh, let's improve the running game a little bit. So they draft Le'Veon Bell in the first round. And this is the beginning of the triplets of Roethlisberger and Bell and Antonio Brown that brought them to great playoff heights, though not a super bowl, uh, the rest of the decade,
3: all Heinz Ward did was then go and, and race to the end zone in Gotham city. Uh, yeah, that was, I didn't really pain. think
2: that he was fast enough for that touchdown.
3: It seemed kind of odd. I, I'd like to check that out a little bit again. I mean, that's, a whole other thing of movie making uh, and believability. But you know what? I worked with it. I'm still trying to get one of those uniforms and mini helmets. But, yeah, to your point, Hines Ward, fantastic receiver, big numbers, was always on the spot. And those running backs and and offensive linemen, I'm sure, uh, paid for some of his meals because he helped make those numbers look that much better blocking downfield. There's no question about it. And, well, you you know all about Le'Veon Bell. Yeah.
2: So good. Just so good with the, um, so that was the <laughs> Adam Steelers. Gage, yo. Look, it was it was a tough loss, obviously in the wild card game, and then the next year was difficult as well because the Steelers don't have. 500 or under seasons i mean look they they don't they don't have many Mm -hmm. going eight and eight is about that's as bad as it gets all right this this is a team that hasn't been under eight and eight in a long time all right they were six and ten in 2003 okay and then they were (laughs) six and ten in 1999 and seven and nine in 1998 and then before that you're going all the way back to 1991 this is a team that is good every year and here they are able to restart their franchise building around roethlisberger and antonio brown And Le'Veon Bell. Now for the Denver Broncos, the next week they go to New England. And well, that was it for them. Belichick shuts down Tebow. But more importantly, it was the Patriots offense that blew through this terrific Broncos defense. Because it wasn't so much that Tebow was awful. It was Brady and the Patriots. It was 14-0 before you could blink. And I don't know that there was any way Tim Tebow was going to win that game. Because clearly the Broncos had a formula. We got to keep it close and our quarterback makes clutch plays and wins the game. This game was never close, all right? And I wonder if this game, losing to the Patriots like this, seeing the way Brady and the Patriots offense moved through them was the decision that Elway needed to make to say, you know what, we're only going to be so good when we have Tebow at quarterback, so we got to go on and make a different decision and get somebody else in, which is crazy considering the season he just came off of. The guy's a cult hero. And John Elway decides, let's move on at quarterback because we need to be more dynamic. And that's what they did by going out and getting Peyton Manning, who was coming off an injury. The Colts moved on because they had Andrew Luck. Peyton Manning chose the Denver Broncos. Hey, he knew I was going to get more life on my fastball, throwing the football in the mile high air. And the Broncos, after one great year of Tim Tebow, signed Peyton Manning, future Hall of Famer. You can't say they did it wrong because they went to two Super Bowls and they won one, but it was still shocking to see we're going to turn the page on Tebow after the year yet. Yeah, really? We're just going to let him go there. And there was part of Elway's crazy, but well, we're bringing in Peyton Manning. So, okay. Clearly he knew what he was doing there for a quarterback, but it didn't matter. It was, wait a minute. Did this guy just had an all time season as a quarterback and and now he's going to be looking for a new team.
3: 14 games, 11 starts, seven and four record, uh, and bounced, He completed 46.5% of his passes that year. Mm. So when you're talking about everything going in your favor, and you and I have talked about this on our show on Fox Sports Radio for years, where you have a season, you don't have any injuries, everybody's healthy. I mean, go back to the year Derek Carr was an MVP candidate. Everything was right Mm-hmm. until he was broke. until he got hurt yes right until but i mean like they didn't lose any time no on either side of the ball everything worked likewise this denver squad and you mentioned no sean marina going down a big loss but McGahee he was still a 1200 yard rusher they still had and tebow was averaging what 49 yards uh or a game or thereabouts for for part of that streak that you're you're getting enough out of your running game to give you some balance but you're you're really forcing the defense to give up nothing. To give you a chance to win, because you couldn't guarantee that that next eighty-yard pass was coming, that the skies would open, or you know the, there'd be a hole on the field. See, going back to Heinz, Ward, and Bain uh, <laughs> you there. But the idea that you have that, you needed more consistency and continuity. And as luck would have it, you've got Peyton Manning coming and making his tours and deciding where he wants to play football. So if you were going to move on from an icon or budding icon, and Tebow, there was only one way you were going to be able to do that and not have blowback. You know, the the thing that I don't get is that
2: this is, you know, take out for a second the fact that it's Tim Tebow. Here is a starting quarterback in the NFL, his first year to start after getting drafted and getting groomed. And he plays really well at times. And he played fantastic at times. He mm-hmm. has you know, some times he played poorly. Yeah. But this is a guy in his first year as a starter that made big plays that won games that won a big home playoff game, which he threw for 300 yards and ran for 50 more and, and ran for a touchdown. Why didn't anybody think, well, a whole off season as the starter, all the reps, why can't he improve? Because we would say that for any other quarterback. Well, look at what he did his first year. Boy, I can't wait. And when he's installed as the starter and having the whole offseason, they can work with him now more, and he's the guy. I don't understand why nobody thought he could get better. Now, it turned out this, is, this was his peak, but I don't get why there was nobody that thought, well, hey, Tebow's really something. Now we can work him and really turn him into something. There was just, no, it's done, and we're moving on. And I, was, I, was, I remember going... Yeah, but any other guy, we would say, well, no, let's build off of this and let's find a way to do it, but nobody wanted to do it.
3: Yeah, and look, it makes sense for what Denver did, right? You've got the opportunity to bring in Peyton Manning, uh, assuming everything with the neck checked out. You know what he's bringing to the table, and you certainly had wide receiver weapons and a budding defense that was going to make it work. So, yeah, you you kick him to the curb. But so many other teams, I mean, every year we've got nine to ten teams playing quarterback roulette, either through some journeyman as a placeholder and hoping it works or a failure. For a 2020 comparison I guess you have the longer view In that it's he's had years In the system, but you had Jameis Winston That you could have retained in Tampa 5,000 yards, 30-30 I know when you say 30-30, <laughs> it kind of kills your own argument But the idea that you had A lot of big moments with him And it would have been a second year uh, With Bruce Arians And instead, Tom Brady's available So, hey, see ya uh, so again, it makes sense, but he, and another guy that had to wait his time before he ever even found another opportunity and maybe, you know, we'll have a great resurrection and a part two and you and I'll sit and do a special teams on the brilliance of James Winston's second <laughs> act, but for Tim Tebow, it, it just didn't come. And, and there's, I guess, a lot of reasons that it goes to, and we talk a lot about going into a camp and competing for a job. And when you're likely going to spend some of your season, if not all of it, on the bench, how many teams are built with the stability and continuity that you want to bring that in for a guy who's going to be a backup? That became one of the biggest talking points I think we've had in a decade.
2: So the Broncos signed Peyton Manning, and now they have something to do with Tim Tebow. They wind up trading him to the New York Jets for a couple of draft picks, and this tells you about Tebow and a little bit about Rex Ryan, too, is here's the Jets have the playoff icon and hero of the past year, and he can't get on the field. Yeah, He couldn't beat out Mark Sanchez, okay? He was the personal punt protector. They rarely ran plays for him because the Jets still believed that Mark Sanchez was going to be really, really good, and he wasn't, and he winds up leaving New York, he wasn't happy with the year he had with the Jets there, and he's been out of the NFL for a long time. And who knew that that game was going to be the pinnacle that he hit in his National Football League career. That touchdown pass to Demarius Thomas was the last great moment he was going to have. It's almost as if he came around too early, because if he came out of the NFL now, there would be some NFL offensive guru that would say, give me Tebow. I'm going to build an offense around him. And you watch just like the Panthers did with Cam Newton. All right. Cause it was the same deal. Cam Newton was a rookie. Hey, everything is great. And Cam Newton, come, but Cam Newton could throw the football a little bit better with a little bit more, Accuracy, He would have three 350 games regularly. So, okay, we can build our offense around Cam Newton because still running the football. He was the same kind of guy running as Tim Tebow was, but he was a little bit more accurate throwing the ball. Carolina Panthers built their offense around him. And, and for nearly a decade, look how great it was. They got to the Super Bowl a year with Cam Newton. If Tebow came around now, it would be the same thing. A team would try to build around him, would try to build him throwing the football a little bit better, uh, but it was just a little bit too early for him. And so this is why he winds up being out of the league not too long after he throws that big touchdown pass to Demarius Thomas.
3: I do dig that you got his former teammate, at Florida, Cam Newton into the discussion. Yeah, I got that Eyes uh, rolled through. You I'm know, a guy whose accuracy way. wasn't much better than Tebow's on the grand scale, right? But um, he had a stronger go. arm, could throw yeah. it further down Correct. the field. I mean, that that's what he did really Didn't well. Didn't have the, as big a windup. No, uh, and, and throw and off and that get. back
2: foot like crazy. I'm not stepping into a throw and getting hit. I'm going to throw off
3: that back foot. Yeah, I threw it more on a rope than the big... Uh, arching lollipop that we'd get sometimes from Tebow uh, as you go through. I remember going to training camp and watching that Jets competition and they'd have the cones out of, all right, stay within the tackles, basically. And he was terrible. (laughs) It was, it was just awful. And then they'd say, all right, take the cones out. We're going to run full 11s. And he would scramble enough to where he'd be break containment and to be able to make a play and find a guy downfield or, you know, run for a bunch of yards, you know, whatever drills they were doing. But it was frustrating, you know, and you could see it on his face of it's just not it's not clicking. Right, because it's like, all right, you know, they might as well count it to twelve Mississippi, and he still wasn't getting rid of the football. So, you know, difficulty in reading those situations. So, uh, eventually, you know, he did show up as a member of the Patriots for a minute. <laughs> a so very so quick you got minute. that. It was yeah, it was very, a, it was a minute. Hey, it was long enough to get a trading card produced. <laughs> so you got that. But yeah, it's one of those fascinating things. We talk about players being a little bit ahead of their time or wondering if they'd gotten a second chance. Uh, you know, the old uh, sliding doors thing, you know, mm-hmm. taking up the old Gwyneth Paltrow uh, movie. There you go. There's my nerd moment uh, of pop culture. But, you know, had he been able to get with a coordinator that wanted to work, even if he never became a 65 percent completion guy on quick hitch and, and quick outs. I mean, could it have worked for a few years while he was still such a bulldozer and the run game? All right, how about a little where are they now from
2: this game uh, nearly a decade later?
3: Oh, let's get it on. Yeah, you got Daniel Fells. He went through the entrepreneurship program at Stanford, he works for Applied Silver. So they're researching how to treat and cure infectious diseases. Well, that's very important. How about that's that? Good. Nice and that. tiny. He also uh, spends a lot of time uh, helping raise his two kids, so that's good. Uh, you got Dante Rosario. He's a recruiter at Amazon. Wow. Pretty good, time. Okay. Pretty good time for him right now. Might have to look him up. You know, uh, he,
2: once, he once scored a touchdown. I think it was for the Chargers that won a game, and I think it was on CBS. And, you know, he scores a touchdown and they like they go to break and come back and they have like the um, the recap of the game on, you know, what mm-hmm. happened here. You know, and, and Dante Rosario, you know, touchdown win the game, except that, you know, it was blah, blah, blah. Here's the stats. It was Rosario Dawson, you know, 47 oh. yard touchdown <laughs> <laughs> reception to win. I'm like we'll put Rosario Dawson up.
3: <laughs> yeah, but it got you to think about Rosario Dawson. And, yeah, sure. you know, what, that that's not bad. All right. We got uh, Andre Goodman does some real estate work but he's the director of player personnel uh, in the for the University of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So we got him we got Mario Hagan uh, he works for Affleck and he does some Affle. Yeah. And then Quan Cosby, he does risk management, just like George Costanza for Marsh and Martian McCle- <laughs> Marsh and McClennan Company. Uh, so there you go. He was a kick returner for the squad. And of course, I mentioned all those guys that would graduate to go become Chicago Bears <laughs>
2: eventually. <laughs> and everybody else wound up with a bear. So that's where everybody is. And that's now. where they all went. <laughs> so there's our look back at Tim Tebow's playoff win. That pass he threw to Demarius Thomas, the last great moment he had in the National Football League. Uh, our show is heard Monday through Friday on Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. 10 to 2 a.m. on the East Coast, 7 to 11 p.m. on the West Coast. If you have an idea for a future episode of Special Teams, hit us up on Twitter at Afresca, Mike at Swollen Dome. We'll talk to you next week with a brand new episode of Special Teams. Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate. Tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
3: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get
0: travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh?
4: Yep. You know what this playground could
0: use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we can go
1: surfing. I
0: oh, ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah,
1: ski slopes. Let's
0: do it. Um, ten a girl go shopping. Yeah,
1: baby. Wait. Did we just invent California?
4: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.